0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late
1: checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.
3: Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
4: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: And welcome back to Sharp Money Hour, number two. Of course, this show is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw here at the D Casino and Hotel. A lot of fun to be with you again, Amal. I am very glad that I did not waste my time last night and watch Syracuse play a ball game, a ball game they were favored in.
3: Oops, sorry. Yeah, so what? I was flying back from New York. Yeah. And I needed to fall asleep. Let me tell you, that game really What the hell
5: it. happened there? It, I mean,
3: talk but, about,
5: that's the thing with, like, trying to handicap some of these games, right? Syracuse, by the way, closed three-point favors. They uh, just came up a little short, 45-zip. <laughs> well,
3: what was it? Syracuse was using a former Michigan quarterback that got converted oh. to a tight end, I believe, and oh. then had to put him back at quarterback. I mean, he was wearing... Was it 89, I think? It's it's Dan Villari, I believe, is the name.
4: Well, he threw a pick, but he wasn't the guy who was playing throughout the majority of the game. The problem right now was last night Syracuse couldn't run the ball. They had 20 yards rushing in the game, I think about 150 yards passing the ball. And some of those came in garbage time, but this Syracuse team was just complete disarray. Those are the type of goal, bowl games you obviously want to bet. Um, initially, issue was Braden Davis under center. You mentioned uh, Valari actually threw two picks. I'm looking at the stats right now. But it, this thing was over. Honestly, when it was 7 nothing, and then Syracuse gets a field goal attempt blocked from about 46 yep. yards and it was returned for a touchdown, you knew the game was over. And then it was 24 nothing near the break. Syracuse around the 30-yard line. They get a sack, fumble, scoop, and score. I mean, it's 31 nothing. You're like, are these guys even going to come out and play the second half? No, and they shouldn't have. Yeah. Here's the deal, though, and I told
5: you this, Wyatt, last week, right? I mean, make your get your future tickets in now. Yeah for Syracuse in the college football playoff next year when they get Kyle McCord at quarterback. Ooh, we're going to go Ohio State talk here now. You think Kyle McCord? I mean, look, I I kid, but I will say this. It's hope. I feel like now you have a new coach coming in. Uh, I've heard the jokes now that he's already done more in two months of recruiting than Dino Babers has done in the last X number of years. So you hope for Syracuse backers out there that Kyle McCord is who we think Kyle McCord is. And, and, Momal, you would know better than I, who is Kyle McCord? He's is, just, is he
4: elite? No, he's not elite. And he I think with he gets a bad rap, though. Well, yeah, you're not wrong on that. But he asked me if he's elite. Yeah. I don't think he's elite. I think he's a solid quarterback. I think it's Syracuse. Is he an NFL p- quarterback? I think he's a guy who could potentially be a backup. I don't think. I mean, even then, you'd still have question marks. But I also think sometimes the pressure at Ohio State can be overwhelming. Yeah. Because the fan base is delusional, and so at times it, it can have a negative impact. But one of the comments that he made, I think, hurt him a little bit. He said, oh, you know, it's just another game, the Ohio State uh, game against Michigan. And, you know. That people, can't be true. It, well, it's it just. It's it, not true. It, look, at the end of the day, you got to win all the games you play in Columbus. But here's the problem. You just can't make that statement publicly, right? Right. Like, it's in this day and age. There's certain things you can't say publicly, even if they're factual. Correct. You can't
3: You can't handle the truth. Who <laughs> was it? Was it John uh, John Cooper. Used to say that as well, and that's yeah. why he went like what two and thirteen against two, two, Michigan. Two ten and one, two ten and one. Again, and
5: that, and as good a coach as Cooper,
4: Cooper was, that's his legacy. He couldn't beat Michigan enough. Right? Ohio State probably wins three or four national titles that they could have beaten Michigan. Right. I mean, so it's just a different type of pressure. It, it, you know, I always say this: Ohio State has the biggest advantage of any school in college football because they're the only Division Power Five school now. Cincinnati's in the Big Twelve, but before then that didn't have any other school in their own state that's a Power 5 school. Michigan's got Michigan State, Auburn's got Alabama, Georgia's got Georgia Tech, Texas, Texas has A&M, Texas mm-hmm. Tech, Baylor. So you're not facing off against other teams when you have to recruit. So that was one of their biggest advantages for a long time.
5: I will just say this. As a Syracuse backer, we are expecting nothing short of Joey Burrow transferring from Ohio State to LSU. We're expecting that season next year. Well, the a a going to have, like what, six
4: uh, teams now? Yes, yeah, Syracuse might win the ACC next year. You shouldn't have any expectations. I mean, you guys put up with Jim Boeheim as your head <laughs> coach forever. I'm still upset about that. I'm, I, I'm curious. about real quick. Ready for that. Who,
3: who do you think that uh, Ohio State's going to get in the transfer portal? Because they uh, still haven't got anybody, correct?
4: Uh, no, they haven't, but you know what's interesting? They've got a couple of young kids there. One just signed, and then they've got another uh, kid on the uh, Air Nolan, and then uh, this, uh, Lincoln Keyholzer. I don't know how you pronounce the last name, but and then they've got Devin Brown. We'll see what he does. I mean, I give Devin Brown credit. I thought he was going to transfer for sure. Mm-hmm. you got to give him a lot of credit for sticking it out there because he didn't look like he was ever going to have an opportunity to play. Now he's going to start the bowl game against Missouri. Look, with college football, there's a lot of things to go before the season starts. I will say this. I give a quick prediction. I think Jim Harbaugh will be either the Bears or the Chargers coach come next year.
5: I do, too. And by the way, I know people are like, oh, that's what you do when you're, you know, that's what you, when the lights come on and you scurry away. I'm like,
4: no, dude. He's done what he wanted to do at Michigan. That's exactly right. And the other thing is, when you look at it from a Jim Harbaugh perspective, and this is, applies to a lot of coaches, and this is why there's a rumor of Lincoln Riley potentially to the Chargers. You know, USC, the 18th-ranked recruiting class, they've lost a lot of guys in the Porter, portal. Um, Relique Brown, uh, Malachi Nelson, Corey Foreman. They've lost some big-time talent. But what all these coaches hate, and I don't blame them, is recruiting. Yeah. Who wants to sit there oh, and be – you're, you're literally held at gunpoint – by, by these kids whether they're going to sign with you or not. And it's just at some point in time, if a guy doesn't play, listen, I'll tell you quickly with Quinn Ewers, here's what happened. Here's why he transferred from Ohio State to Texas. His family went to Ryan Day and they said, you know, we want to know he's going to start next year. I don't know. You've got the number two pick, the offensive rookie of the year in the NFL and a guy who played the best college football game I've seen since Joe Burrow has been in college at quarterback against Georgia. If the Ohio State defense has done anything, it was amazing. I, it was amazing. And you want him to be the starter, like, and that's why he ends up transferring to Texas. And now, look, he's got to come back for his junior year. No quarterback comes back outside of Peyton Manning, unless they're if they're good enough to leave.
5: Well, I, I give Ryan Day credit because they get on coaches for being used car salesmen when they're sitting in the, in your living room, and it's like, well, that's what they normally have to do, right? But Ryan Day tells the truth, and the kid leaves. Like. Like, what do you want? Do you want me to be honest with you? This is part of recruiting. So this true. Is the, this is so the transfer true. portal. Do you want me to tell you that yeah, everything's going to be perfect for your kid if he comes here? I can, but that's not going to be the truth. So he tells the truth to to yours, and he goes to Texas. I mean, what what do you want? Because yeah. coaches get criticized either way. You shouldn't have told the truth, or if you tell the truth, you're going to lose the kid.
3: Uh,
4: you're and, absolutely right.
3: And but, I will say now with the transfer portal, it, it's, it's adding on to – recruiting. I feel like you're recruiting 365 days a year. It never
4: stops, but that's the problem with these bowl games. This is why it's hard to bet them. Look, Syracuse was a good play against last night because of the third string quarterback situation. Mm -hmm. South Florida's offense had been pretty good the last month of the season. Uh, So that's why it felt like an opportunity to be able to play that game. I remember Patrick and I both liked the under in that game because I didn't actually think, could have made the argument I should have gone with South Florida based on the plus money price. right? Like It was just worth a shot with the correlated play of South Florida in the under. Because I thought they were going to win the game, but I didn't think Syracuse could be able to score. How about that? I, you, one team scores
5: forty-five and it stays yeah. under of a, a total of fifty-five. So not yeah, saying that exactly. by you. Let's get to today's game because there is one on the docket today. Only one. It is UCF. You know they won a national championship not too long ago. That's what they tell you. Because now Florida State fans are doing the same thing. What a joke! Just stop, okay? Just stop. <sighs> they're getting are they getting six rather against the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech? Yeah. Um, total here is high, 65 and a half is what I'm seeing now up to 67 and a half.
4: Amal Shaw, any leans here? Well, I think UCF's offense is going to be pretty prolific against this Georgia Tech defense. On the flip side, Haynes, King, and company should be able to move the ball against UCF as well. This should be a fun watch, especially if you don't have any action. I would recommend this. If you don't have a strong play one way or the other before the game starts, I would take a look at the team getting over a touchdown in the endgame. Let's say Georgia Tech gets up two touchdowns, oh. or let's say the Knights are up you know, 14 nothing or something. Taking a number or price with one of these teams I think would be advantageous. you know, you got to give the, the rec credit a team, they played competitively against Georgia. They were The game against Clemson, final score is 42-21, but I think it was a little bit closer than that. Uh, yeah. They beat Virginia. They beat Miami. This is not a bad football team. They did have one bad loss early in the year against Bowling Green. On the flip side, UCF should have won the game in Norman. Uh, this was a team that played well. They, they won three out of their last four games. The offense hadn't been as prolific down the stretch. I thought you saw some people slowing them down a little bit. But I, I think if you said to me, I have to play the game, I would take the points and Georgia Tech. Um, now, here's the thing. W- what I don't like is the money line in the uh, South Florida game was plus 1 to 45. This one, you're getting five and a half, So you're through key numbers of 3 and 4. But it's only 2 to 1. I thought it might be 210 or 220. I guess if we get to six or six and a half, you get that number. But I would take a look at the plus five and a half. It's come down. It was at six. Mm-hmm. I, I would look at the uh, Yellow Jackets here before taking UCF.
5: Would you look at them uh, at, at plus two dollars on the money line, or is it to you that
4: the points are worth it here because of those key numbers? Yeah, I think it's the points are worth it. I'm normally a big advocate of taking the money line. Look, 80 percent of the time, if you just pick the team to win, you're going yep. to get the result. I mean, college basketball, I see it all the time. People play these money line favorites and parlay them together, and there will always be one team. But then if you actually look back, those teams covered. Like, perfect example, yesterday, um, there were two games somebody asked me about, and I said, listen, Detroit's not winning. They're over. Central Michigan beat them and covered. And then uh, there, there was another game earlier on in the day, uh, around that same time, uh, in a sim- similar situation. And you, you saw a similar result. I'm so well. Mad. Well, you nailed it yesterday with the with the uh, South Florida call, right? Forget about the points. If, yeah.
5: you, if you just if you're identifying the winner, yep. and you identified that to be the Bulls, then play them on the money line, and you're getting getting more of an advantage there. So I kind of I like that logic. There. And I also like the in-game strategy that Amal pointed out here uh, for this game here. Because we're expecting so many points, it has dipped back down a little bit. It's been fluctuating 65 and a half up to 67, now back down to 66. That if we're expecting points in this game and you get that first score, and it, let's say it is Georgia Tech and all of a sudden that becomes a pick'em, yeah. then maybe that's a spot to hop in, back in on UCF.
4: Absolutely right. You got a great opportunity in the middle of the football game, but Oregon State yesterday playing Idaho State, they were yep. six and a half point favorite. And you know, at halftime, I think they were up by six or seven. and They ended up winning the game by 19. But I think one of the things that I noticed with a lot of people I see it here around town, you go to the sports books, people are afraid of the points, meaning like they're afraid to lay points. I don't understand. First of all, at the end of the day, it's a 50-50 proposition, right? right? You're either going to cover you or not. Right. But more importantly, to me, stop being afraid of them, right? Like take advantage. like five and a half in certain games. You know, you like Georgia Tech or you think they're going to win the game. Take a shot on the two to one. Because the one thing is, now you take a two to one on a $100 bet, you're getting back $300. You have to be, if you make that same bet twice, you still come out ahead, even if you lose one out of two, depending depending on the situation. So I, I don't think it, sh- it should be with a blanket statement, but there are certain situations and spots where you take a shot. And I think the bowl games are as good of a time with an underdog at the money line.
5: That's why we talk about ROI all the yeah. time, and that's how you can certainly improve it if you hit one of those two-to-ones. All right, when we come back, let's get more into the bowl uh, game discussion here as we look at tomorrow's slate and beyond. Come on back. Sharp Money continues in a moment.
1: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure or OCI.
3: VSIN,
0: the Sports Betting Network.
5: The holidays are here, so let Omaha Steaks take the guesswork out of gifting. Shop carefully curated gift packages that are guaranteed to make spirits bright all winter long. So go to omahasteaks.com, save 50% off site wide. Plus, when you use the promo code VSIN at checkout, get an additional $30 off your offer. Send tender, juicy Butcher Cup Filet Mignon's mouth watering burgers. Gourmet jumbo franks are easy to prepare meals that are ready in a flash. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. OmahaSteaks.com is 50% off site-wide. And save an additional $30 when you use the promo code VEASAN. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart. A gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Minimum order may be required. I'm all shaw. I'm officially hungry when I just look. Forget about reading the promo. Just looking at that steak. Like, if anybody wants to send one my way, I'm going medium rare.
4: There, there's a rumor at the network that Matt Humans has well-done steaks. What's that all about? Well, being a vegetarian, I can't really comment. But um, I, I thought that when you get a steak, it's supposed to be medium well or medium rare. It's, it's supposed to be medium rare. To oh, I me.
3: do. I do medium well. Medium well. I like a good crust. That's yeah. a big thing for me. I
5: don't look. I'm not trying to get on Matt Humans for that. I'm just saying, if he puts ketchup on the steak, then I'm completely out. Like,
4: <laughs> I love that commercial with Mahomes, right, where he's at yeah, like, the ketchup. He got a sponsorship out of that, didn't <laughs> he? I'm
5: sure.
3: I'm sure he or Kelsey did. I'm sure. By the way, before we get into college football, Amal, we were talking about you know great rivalries, Michigan, Ohio State, the Cowboys versus the Commanders. I think the best rivalry in the world is Dave Ross versus this technology. We can't get the dang computer to not. Uh, turn off so if anybody can tweet at the show how do we keep the uh, computer from going to sleep after it goes 10 minutes
5: after 10 minutes which is not even a full segment right on the network so every time I'm like look at it ah it's asleep and I have the screensaver to say hello so every 10 minutes hello <laughs> like you know just help me out America somebody help this old man figure out technology
4: the uh it's it's on a macbook right yeah. I, I, I'm not a big Mac guy. I, I am an iPad user, but the uh, MacBook Pro, I'm sure we got somebody back here that can help you on the next commercial break.
3: Somebody help this old man figure out technology. I'm all went over. He's like, I got you. Uh, maybe not. I they, tried. And I'm see, like,
4: th- yours is different than mine.
3: So I'm like, I don't know how to get to where. But that made me feel better that two sharp minds here in Sharp
5: Money could not figure out how to hook up this computer. So Dave, it's Dave, not just Dave
4: I'm a disgrace to my people when it comes to computers. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Jets, let's get back to the full season tomorrow. It was the Dukes. It was the Dukes. Dukes getting seven against Troy. I don't believe that DeMarcus Ware is playing for Troy tomorrow.
4: No, he's not. But I'll tell you one thing. When you look at this Trojans team, this is a good opportunity. You're playing a power five opponent who doesn't have their quarterback. Riley Leonard got hurt anyway throughout the course of the season. But Duke with the wind to close out the regular season against Pittsburgh. Now they're facing off against the Trojans without their coach, without their quarterback. I think it's going to be a tough spot here for the Blue Devils. But the one good thing for them is that they've had some experience with Loftus under center. He's not bad. He's not great. But he's done a decent job, eight touchdowns, three INTs. Now, this number seems a little bit high at seven, but still, it's hard to back a team that's kind of in disarray right now. That, that's the one area I'm concerned with. And Troy comes in on fire. They've won 10 games in a row playing great football. Um, the Birmingham Bowl, how excited is Duke really to be here after the season that they had? And you look at Troy, two losses this year, one against Kansas State early on. Um, that game was 42-13, but it was a lot closer in the first half, and it kind of got away in the second half. James Madison had a fantastic year, and they got beat 16-14, but after that, this team really found themselves a tremendous defensive team all year long have the Troja- the Trojans have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'll be the key in this football game. They're just giving up 17.2 points per game. So uh, Troy really uh, with an opportunity here in a game there, I think Duke could be a bit disengaged. And again, you look at that total
5: to the point about the defense of Troy. This is a low total, 44.5 in a bowl game. Yeah, Is this one that you think, uh, it, like you, you identify with Syracuse, tough to score is going to be tough for the Dukies to get points?
4: I think so. I think their offense has been over, has not been overwhelming without uh, Riley Leonard. Mm-hmm. Now you look at it with Lo- Loftus, I don't think that they'll be as good. And I think from Troy's standpoint, with the way the defense has played, 44-and-a-half seems like a little bit of a high number. Mm. This Duke defense is pretty good. Um, if it goes back to 45, I would play the under. But I don't think I'd be completely alarmed with the 44-and-a-half. But obviously 45 could be a crucial number when you look at the game. You know, a variety of scores could get you to, to that number. And maybe if you get an early score, that's a, a
5: good live play to get back in on the under.
4: Great great call, absolutely. You know, there's so many opportunities to do that. We saw that on the Thursday night game between Pittsburgh and New England. Yeah. Patriots come out with a ton of points, second half dead under. Last night, same thing. Yeah. You wind up with a bunch of points early in that Syracuse-South Florida game, 31 nothing at the break, and it was 14 points. And it was just, you could tell both teams were disengaged at that point. Yeah, I call it like the old uh, game show, Card Sharks. You get all the points, then freeze. Nobody, it was one of the best game
5: shows that nobody ever watched. Take my word for it. Uh, Let's keep it moving here. Let's go to a directional school in Northern Illinois against Arkansas State. And right now, Arkansas State is a two and a half point favorite. Uh, This total a little bit higher at 54 and a half. Again, these are those tough ones that I don't think that people that are, you know, kind of casuals, if you will, and now Arkansas State, by the way, is up to three. They're going to go, Marshaw, help me out. Tell me what you know about Arkansas State. Should I lay the three?
4: Uh, you know, you look at this Red Wolves team had a decent season. They go six and six, but really their offense has been their strength. Excuse me, averaging almost 28 points per game, but defensively they gave up 31 points a game, so that's a concern. When you when you look at this NIU team, mm-hmm. they played in a weak league in the MAC this year. The MAC has not been as good as it's been in years past. Uh, but I would look at the underdog here in this particular matchup. I think NIU's got a good opportunity to be able to win this football game. Uh, and so Rocky Lombardi finally playing his final game for NIU. No way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, good opportunity here. Plus 135 on the money line. I, I think I would take NIU here. I think they're good enough and they should be able to win this football game. That gets
5: back to our conversation we had in the last segment. Mm-hmm. Again, if you, if you like the dog here like Amal does, do not be scared of sprinkling a little bit or playing the money line at plus 135. 35 again return on investment is going to be key if you hit a couple of those uh, it can uh, help fortify the bankroll if you lose a couple of straight faves or dogs either way let's get more dukes james madison dukes i thought they were going to play in a bowl game now they're playing in a bowl game and they're going to play air force this is one of those weird teams that it looks like everybody's in the portal all the coaching staff's gone but yet guys in the portal still going to play in the game so madison is a point out of favorites. You know and I know and America knows how difficult it is to prepare for a school like Air Force in their offense. How do you handicap this one knowing everybody's one foot out the door at JMU?
4: Yeah, but you know what? This is the last stand, right? They've yeah. had a great season. You kind of cap it off with a 12-1 and season if you get the win here. Both teams are very good defensively, reflected in the total at 40 and a half. And I would expect this to be a lower-scoring game. Signetti uh, has now moved on to Indiana as mm-hmm. their new head coach. Uh, but you look at Air Force. They come in reeling. They've lost four in a row. Teams kind of just been struggling on the offensive side of the ball. They did put up 27 against UNLV, but everybody was scoring against UNLV's defense this year. Pre- prior to that, in the other three games, Army, Hawaii, and, of course, Boise State. These guys only managed 35 points. So I think this could be a challenge here. And with this time to prepare, I think it helps JMU to face the triple option against Air Force. Uh, this game should be a lower-scoring game when you're looking at it from that standpoint. Remember, this game is going to be in Fort Worth. Check the weather. You know, you're in December in Fort Worth at Amundi Carter Stadium. It can get a little bit cold out there. There's some... The wind kind of comes in pretty good at Amon Carter because when you look at it, there's one side where you've got a higher extended stands, and the other side is a little bit lower. So uh, just pay attention to the weather. I have not checked it on this one, but this is a game I would potentially look towards the under. Wow, and again,
5: motivation for both these sides should not be questioned, right? Other than we know that the coaching staffs changing for, da- for JMU. Air Force, we know those kids are going to want to play in a bowl game and play
4: hard. Well, one thing, anytime you have the service academies, Air Force, Army, Navy, it doesn't make a difference. You're going to get an honest effort out of all those teams. So I think that's a similar situation in this particular matchup right here. Um, I I would expect this to be a competitive game. But again, Dave, this is a game to me, if you can get that first score early on, Mm -hmm. I would look towards an under if you get 42 and a half or or, or greater because... Remember, Air Force is going to play their game. They're going to run the ball. They're going to play time. They're going to play uh, ball control. Exactly. It's going to roll. Uh, Let's get to one more before we go to a
5: break here very quickly. I want to get to Georgia State against Utah State in this one. This is another pretty tightly lined number here. Utah State at a point and a half. Now it's up to two. 58.5. 58 and a half it was a size 59 and come down a
4: point so it looks like Utah State taking a little bit of money and the under is taking a little bit of money here mall. yeah Georgia State's lost five in a row and I'm not surprised that Utah State's a two-point favorite here the problem has been this Georgia I saw them play against Georgia Southern is the only time I saw them play this year uh, Georgia Southern put up 44, JMU put up 42, App State put up 42, mm. LSU obviously no surprise with Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner, and Malik Neighbors put up 56, but even ODU put up 25 on them, and this could be a real challenge here, I think Utah State is probably your play in this particular matchup, uh, I like the Aggies laying two here. And again, with that number going up, do you shy away
5: if it hits three, or do you think it's still a fair price here at two?
4: No, I'm not worried about that, right? Because a three only gives you a push. Yeah. It doesn't beat you, where a two gives you a win. But no, absolutely not. you still got a two, two-and-a-half possibilities. I like Utah State here. If you're concerned about it, the money line is still fairly cheap at minus 130, mm. so you could still take a look at that as well. And again, we talked about the total
5: uh, dipping down just ever so slightly. Are we expecting, I'm obviously, still a high total there at 58-and-a-half, but it was a size 59-and-a-half. Uh, still expecting points you mentioned the defensive lapses there for Georgia State
4: yeah I mean when I look at this Georgia State team they're in a little bit of trouble from that standpoint they can move the ball they'll have some opportunities against Utah State but this game playing in Boise Idaho temperature will be in the 30s oh cool. um, I, I don't. I'm not as concerned because they're college kids that affecting them. But still, at the end of the day, Georgia State comes in really. They've lost five in a row. This is just a bad spot for them. Having one, they've been at six and one. All right. Let's get back to the adults when we
5: come back. Talk more NFL and break down some battle of the backups. That's next here on Sharp Money.
4: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting
5: Network. You want to check out VSN's Betting Splits, but you don't have a VSN Pro subscription just yet? Well, you better hurry. Today is the final day. We're giving everyone access to the betting splits page for free, Amal Shaw. But as you know, nothing in this world is free. So the VEASAN betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes. You can see the changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action but future events as well. So get free access to VEASAN's betting splits all this week at VEASAN.com splits. That's V-S-I-N dot splits. But again, after that, America, you got to pay. Like, we work for a living. No freebies in this world, all right? So you just buy the subscription, and you don't have to just get the freebie this week. You get it all year long. It's as simple as that. I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> Let's get back to the NFL, mall because, you know, I don't know if I'm going to get it fine. Battle of the Bastards is one of the greatest uh, Game of Thrones. Did you, you didn't watch Game of Thrones. You don't yep. strike me as the Thrones guy. That I is a God. great, great episode. Battle of the Bastards. Yes. Absolutely amazing. Jon Snow against uh, Ramsey Bolton. Yes. Bolt, right? Yes. Ramsey Bolton. Ramsey Bolton. Bolton. Yeah. That's it. They were the bastards in said show. I'm not calling the backup quarterbacks bastards, by the way. I'm not. Okay? Just making that comparison. But when you look at the Bengals and the Steelers and Jake Browning, you know Jake. Jake's my boy. All of a sudden, he's been a revelation. Steelers are going back to Rudolph this time of year. Mason Rudolph. Like, what year is it? Mason Rudolph is going to save the Steelers season? Like, I look at it and I go, the first start that Jake Browning had, ironically, was against the Steelers in uh cincinnati and it didn't go well he looked like a backup since then he looks like a potential starter in this league now no jamar
4: chase in this one and yet the number has gone up up to three yeah absolutely right real quick off of this game but i just saw a tweet uh cj stroud has officially ruled out sunday against the texans You talked about backup quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Jake Browning. He's played extremely well. But I'm going to tell you, I have a lot of skepticism with him. When he was at Washington, played well his sophomore year and then regressed the final couple of years. I mean, he took a long time to be able to get the call up to the NFL level and be a guy who fills in. Um, He's played well. Give them credit. But I also think a lot of that credit goes to Zach Taylor having Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, um, and that team. So that, to me, I think is something that bodes well for this team when you look at it. Now the line's up to three here. I understand why people are betting the Bengals in this game. I, it's hard for me to back Mason Rudolph. You know what I didn't realize? Mason yeah. Rudolph is only 28 years old. It feels like he's been around forever. Absolutely right. It feels like Mason Rudolph has been around for a lot longer than he has. But, um, again, I, I think this is tough. Here's the, another issue you have right now. I don't know if you saw the controversy with, uh, Jay, uh, Car- I was going to say, Carl Pickens, the old receiver George, out of yeah, Tennessee. Carl Pickens was good. If
5: they had Carl Pickens instead of George Pickens, Pickens they'd yeah. be
4: doing a lot better. Yeah, George Pickens, he didn't block for Jalen Warren down on the goal line. And it's a big controversy. And then he doubled down on it, basically saying, like, I you know, guys like get hurt. rolled up on. Yeah. You know, to me, I, I hope a DB comes out and takes his knee out. I mean, like, give me a break. I, I know why it's rolling his eyes at that comment. Listen, people thought it. I just said it. That's the difference.
3: <laughs> I have him on his, my, my fantasy team. I need him for a couple more weeks.
5: You know, I couldn't understand why George uh, why George Pickens became his second-round pick when he came out of Georgia a couple of years ago. Now I know why. Like, oh. the, these are the these are the things that you look at and you go, he is – First round talent, his talent oozes when you watch George Pickens oh, okay. play. If you were pure talent, he's a top ten receiver in the NFL. Yes, but uh, when you when you don't look, we saw Ryan Clark on ESPN, of course, won a Super Bowl uh, with with the Steel City guys and Mike Tomlin, and he said he ba- basically an old Steeler called that not yes Tomlin to a degree, but said that the wide receiver room is a cancer. Who's who is this? Ryan Clark. Oh, Clark, yeah, right. So he's got an intimate knowledge of, of what goes on there. I'm sure he's still a big Mike T guy, but. You know, I always kid my guy, Brian McFadden. We've had on the show, in our past show, numerous times. You know, the standard is the standard. That's what the Steelers say. And the standard has not been the standard in that wide receiver room. So, you know, it it goes back to Antonio Brown doing the Facebook Live and the Mike T got rid of him, right? Chase Claypool, we saw him do the antics in Indianapolis. They traded his ass, got him out of there, right? And now Pickens is doing this stuff. It does feel like, to Ryan Clark's point, something's going on here that all of a sudden Mike Tomlin, who – I apore. I, I love that the fact that he goes out every week after a loss and says, "The buck stops with me." The old Dwight D. Eisenhower, right? Yeah. It, this it's it's my job. It's my responsibility. Okay, well that's great to say, and I appreciate that he says it. But now you got to do it. Like you got to get these guys under control. And when Pickens comes out and says this stuff, you can lose. The other half of a team we saw in Chicago during their Super Bowl run, the defense and offense were at each other's throats. This is the type of stuff that, as you mentioned, DBs, somebody's gonna go after him, and some of those teammates might go after him. When you hear talk like that,
4: well, you know, it's it's funny. You've had so many people come out and speak out on this. You know, Jalen Warren, I like his comment. He goes, "I would have blocked for him." Yes. And then Bill Cowher, the former Steelers coach, has also come out and said, "You know, I can't believe a player would do this." And look, you're fighting for your lives. I have to be honest. I know the Steelers are trying to get in the postseason, but I think you have to send a message to Pickens. I would bench him for this game. Actually, you know what I would do? I would play the guy, let him have one play on the field, and then bench him. That way, any receiving streak he had is over. Mm. You know, to yeah. me, you cannot have this. Look, it's it's. I just saw somebody. I, I wish I could recall who it was. They were talking about the great thing about the NFL. It's a collection of 11 players working together as a unit to do their job. Yes. And that's, that's one of the problems that you have when you have a player like this taking plays off. And again, it's, it's hard to back the Steelers. I feel like getting the three now is
5: not a bad spot traditionally to be in. Home dog, Mike Tomlin, you're getting three points against a backup quarterback in Jake Browning. But I'm with you. I think there's a lot of issues going on with that team right now. It's hard to support, again, a low total there of 37 and a half. We talked about another dead team, and they fired the coach. I'm not saying they should do that in Pittsburgh, by the way. That's not the analogy I'm making. But we saw it in, in L.A. with the Chargers and Brandon Staley. By the way, I commend him for doing the second the interview going to halftime. We were down 42-0 in what turned out to be the last half of football that you were the head coach of. Now he's gone. And I know we talk about the interim coach bump all the time. But here come the Buffalo Bills. Now, this number's gotten out of hand. It is up to 12-and-a-half uh, with a higher total of 44, Easton Stick has not showed anything in his starts. Now
4: with Justin Herbert out for the year, another dead football team here in the Bolts. But is that number too big? It seems like it's a little bit big. You're going cross country, Buffalo. Even though they had a great win against Dallas, now you take on the Chargers in this spot. Seems like a bit of a big number. But I'll tell you what, you mentioned Easton Stick. Mm -hmm. I feel bad for him because, you know, he's basically being charged with fraud now. For five years, nobody knew whether he could play or not, and he was Mm -hmm. collecting checks. Mm -hmm. Now they realize he can't play. I'm telling you right now, Easton Stink won't, won't be on a roster next year. That's the one of the things sometimes about some of these backup quarterbacks. You don't actually want to play because then people will actually realize you can't play and there's no reason to keep you as a backup. That's a great point. It's why Cooper Rush
5: got a new deal in the offseason to remain the backup in Dallas because when he played the five games for, for Dak Prescott, he played well. But played like you, well. you got to prove when you have this opportunity. I don't care what the, t- the, the circumstances of the team are, who you have around you. You're right. Easton Stink is showing that I'm probably not going to stick
4: around on a roster next year you're playing yourself out of the league well also he's a 60 year guy so you got to pay more than a league minimum that you would pay a potential backup uh right now keenan allen's out for this game as well for the chargers that's a big blow from an offensive standpoint probably the most underrated besides mike evans probably the most underrated wide receiver over the last seven eight years in the nfl i mean this guy is absolutely unbelievable and it's it's shocking considering now they're in the los angeles market nobody talks about keenan allen and what he does i'm not going to touch this game but I expect the Bills to win this game fairly comfortably. The running game has been great. I love James Cook coming out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. I think he's been everything that I expected he would be. And he, he has done a fantastic job. But this Chargers team, Bosa's been injured. Max has been inconsistent. Uh, you know, they've got some good pieces, but they've had too many injuries and too much inconsistency. So I, it's it's a tough spot when you look at it from a Charger standpoint. I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to answer the bell in this game.
5: This next segment is just for Wyatt Tomchak, our producer today. Packers going on the road to take on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, it's up to five. It was four and a half. It's moved up ever so slightly. 37 and a half is that total. Uh, Wyatt, would you like to chime in here? Can your defense stop Bryce Young? Because everybody else has.
3: Well, if they don't, uh, Joe Barry, I believe, is going to be walking <laughs> back to Green Bay to pack up his stuff. Uh I
4: don't. I don't think I'll fire him on uh, on Christmas Eve. I really oh, don't. Oh,
3: good point. But also, I, I was discussing this with uh, Femi Babefei earlier today. I think Matt Lafleur, kind of his, how he holds himself as a coach. He doesn't like to give up on people during the season. Because you remember two years ago, uh, I believe it was Devonte Adams last year, the special teams was god awful. Yeah. Kept the coach throughout the entirety of the year. They fired him at the end. So I don't know. It, it's.
4: I, t- I tend to agree with Lafleur. Hmm. You know, the head coach, sometimes you remove removed because you want to change in the dynamic of the team. And changing a positional or a defensive coordinator, special teams coach, or whomever it may be, during the season, I don't I don't think you necessarily get enough of a bump or an upgrade. I agree. Look, Bruce.
5: look at the commanders, right? Look at Ron Rivera fired Jack Del Rio. How'd that work out? Not very well, yeah. right? So to, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. What's the point of firing Joe, Kerry, uh, Joe Barry now? I would say Joe Barry Carroll. For old NBA fans, uh, but for for, for you know, why fire Joe Barry now? It doesn't really. It's not going to help you this year. Yeah. But next year, LaFour is going to stay,
3: and I, that's where the change is going to come. Right? I, I believe that this is the final year for Joe Barry. I think the 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 game last week really sealed his fate.
5: I will tell you guys, I did play this earlier in the week at four and a half for the Packers. I do. I just keep betting against Carolina, and it's been very profitable well, for me, except
4: was- for the Falcons game. I would agree with you that the Falcons game they should have won that game Redder made a terrible pick. But other than that I, I'm with you. I think Carolina loses this game again.
5: Yep absolutely. All right.
4: When we come back we're going to have
5: uh, Zachary Cohen join us to talk some NBA get his picks next right here on Sharp Money.
2: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen.
1: beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com
4: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw
2: on v the Sports Betting Network.
5: All I want for the holidays this year is for some NBA action this week. New customers can bet. Just five bucks, and get hundred and fifty back instantly in bonus bets just by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and using the code SHARP. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code SHARP, and the crown could be yours. You know, Kevin Durant—it's almost like a forgotten title. He yeah. wanted crown in Golden State. Does that now? Is Steph winning without Katie's help? Do we put Steph on the all-time list ahead of Kevin Durant? Right? He, we have to, don't we? Just to forget about positions. If I said Amal Shaw, who's the better basketball player? Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, who are you taking?
4: I'm taking Kevin Durant.
5: Whoa, that's the wrong answer. Let's bring in Zachary Cohen, decent betting analyst, writer, and editor extraordinary. You can follow him on X as I do at Betting on X, a great Skype, uh, X handle. Uh, great to have you on, Zachary. I always love our conversations on Bet on Chicago as well. Shameless plug. Let me ask you that same question I asked Amal Shaw. Who's the better basketball player? Kevin Durant at 35 years young, or Stephen Curry?
0: I think Durant was the better player, but I think that Curry had the better resume.
4: Well, I, that's a no, cop out. No, that, he's correct on that. But I, to answer your question, I'm not trying to backtrack, but I thought you were talking about all time. I didn't, you're saying current day, it's Steph for me all oh, day. Oh, no, no,
5: I was saying all time. Yeah. I was saying all okay. time. Oh, yeah. Because okay. in in, we're going to get to the Suns game tonight, but I still marvel what I see Steph do. And they're about the same age, right? Yeah. They're, about, they're about the same age. And, Zach, that does lead me uh, to one of your plays tonight. And you're getting the Suns here on the road against Sacramento, catching some points in Sactown tonight. How does Durant keep doing what he's doing? Because I look up, he's still putting up 40, right? And he still looks like he's Kevin Durant, maybe may, may a little bit older these days. But do you back that, that old man philosophy that Kevin Durant just gets buckets and still does it at a, at a very high level?
0: I think he always had a game that you would have thought would age pretty well just because of how tall he is, how well he shoots the ball. He still moves pretty well. I mean, he's not as quick as he used to be, but he gets to his spots. Uh, he knows when to attack the basket. I think he's just real, a really good player, a really smart player. So that's really why he's still you know, aging so well.
5: And tonight's game, tell me why the lean is to the Suns catching that three and a half.
0: Yeah, so I actually live out here, and there wasn't exactly a team meeting after that loss to the Blazers, but <laughs> there were a lot of talks after that game in the press conference about coming to these games with big, you know better mentalities. They've had two days off to think about that game and get ready for a Kings team that I think is miserable defensively. So I think that these both of these teams, pretty good offensively, uh, probably about even But, you know, you're using Yusef Nurkic for the Suns tonight, but in steps Drew Eubanks, who's a better defender. I think that makes them a little bit more live in this game on the road.
5: And again, Zach's going to play him also. also, You talk about going to play a money line here, plus $1.40 coming off that bad loss. So I'm I'm picking up what what Zach's putting down there.
4: I I like the call there. Zach, I want to take it a little bit step further. What's going on with Sacramento? Mm. They had got blown out at home by Boston. It was a back-to-back. I know the travel was short for the uh, Celtics after the game against the Warriors, but They have not been quite as good as I thought they were going to be at spots and times this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they'll turn it on. Early in the season, they were playing a lot better defensively than they are now. They've gotten Fox back, who's doing really well offensively. But the defense has slipped mightily. And, you know, they had such a good home court advantage last year, but it's kind of going away. These uh, last few games have been really disturbing for them. That one against Boston with no Jason Tatum, that blowout loss, said a lot about where the team is right now. And that's part of the reason I think the Suns are catching them at a good time.
5: You know, Zach, I get a little bit of pushback when I say this about Chris Paul. And, I, you know, when I'm watching Steph and I see CP3 in that overtime thriller against Boston the other night, kick it out to Steph, and Steph does what he does, and and they win the game. And I kind of joked like, oh, he's going to be. Steph's going to drag old man CP3 potentially to his first ever ring. Are they live when they get Draymond back? They're going to get Draymond Green back, right? And we know Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Coming back too, like I I know they're buried right now in the Western Conference and I'm looking down uh, at at the numbers 12 to 1 right now to win the West for Golden State. Is that is that a sharp money move there that that once they get their full complement of guys back they would be kind of like the Bills in the NFL and the Rams in the NFC a team you don't want to play in the Western Conference.
0: I don't think that this team has that championship ceiling, but I actually do look at Golden State, and I think that Steph Curry at 45-1 to to win MVP, as high as 60-1 to in some places, is a pretty live one, because I do think it's not impossible that they get back into the top six or top five moving forward. And if they do, I think Curry gets a lot of the credit for it. He was kind of carrying this team early in the season, and now that they're playing a little bit better without Draymond, I do think that there's a chance that they win some more games, get back in the mix, and he's going to get a lot of credit.
4: Zach, I want to ask you about three teams out west. You tell me what their ceiling is in terms of the postseason. Minnesota, Denver, and the Clippers.
0: I think all those teams have a chance to win the title. I actually think the west is an absolute gauntlet. I think that any of these teams are capable of beating one another. I think Minnesota, though, I actually wrote it down in my notes for today. I think at 20-1, to that's the best bet you can make in the future this season. Mm. I think that they should be priced with some of the other favorites here. I mean, there's not anything we've seen from them that looks fluky. I mean, defense, that's something that's valuable in the regular season. It's something that's going to be valuable in the postseason, and they are by far the best team in the league defensively, and they have some guys that can score in the half court with Anthony Edwards.
4: I love your answer there on the Timberwolves because I was trying to get a gauge of where you thought they were and what they should be, and you answered it perfectly. Uh, when you look at this Timberwolves team, what has changed for you from last year to this year?
0: I think that Gobert looks a lot more comfortable than he did last season. You know, people were kind of ripping on them for that trade, but it ended up looking like it's worked out so far. I mean, he's kind of a runaway defensive player of the year right now. Didn't play very well against Embiid the other night when Embiid put 46 on him. But, you know, I think he's playing uh, just some of the best basketball of his career on both ends of the floor. Edwards has taken a leap uh, on both ends as well. He's much better defensively than I thought he would be out of college. And they just kind of have seven, eight guys in their rotation that all can defend at a really high level. And then you got a veteran point guard in Mike Conley. It's just a team that's really well-rounded and I think well-coached.
5: You know, Zach, I look at the NFL and I marvel when I see totals consistently in the 30s. And then I look at the NBA totals like this Warriors and Wizards one tonight. And the 80s are back, baby. I mean, 247. And this is not abnormal anymore. Why? are we seeing points at a premium? Is it just a lack of defense and, and that guys now are just more skilled at shooting the ball? And I think that'll be Steph Curry's claim of fame of changing the game of basketball forever, that we have just more skilled players, big guys that can step out like a Joel Embiid and
0: knock down threes. Yeah, I think it says way more about the skill level in the NBA right now than the lack of defense. I actually think these guys play harder than the general conception is, but I do think, yeah, that this, it's, the, yeah, it's the skill, It's the value of the three-point shot. It's the getting out in transition and running. You're seeing these high scores, uh, these high totals. I actually think more often than not, they're going over.
5: So you have that one tonight with the Warriors laying 12, and I know you have a player prop in this game that you like as well. But again, 247. Like, when I just look at that at first blush, I go, 247? Like, is Wes Unseld rebounding tonight for the Wizards? How how do we get to 247? But again, I don't think you're shying away from those big numbers.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything on this one, but Washington especially, they play some of the worst defense in the league and then they combine that by playing out a top five pace in basketball. They mm. completely welcome these shootouts. I don't know why. They don't have the personnel to win them, but they're fine with playing high-scoring games. Now they're going against a really good three-point shooting team, so I could see this one going you know, way up there. But yeah, I did play Klay Thompson over 20 and a half points. He's been on fire lately. Uh, I think he's 23 of 46 from three over the last four games, which is incredible accuracy and volume, getting great looks ever since they started playing some guard-heavy lineups uh, that are, you know, prioritizing just getting the ball to the shooters. I think he's looked a lot more comfortable without Draymond Green in the lineup, mm. and I think he's going to keep it up tonight.
4: Zach, when you look at the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, how, far, how well do you think Damian Lillard has fit into this team right now, and what is their long-term? Obviously, the championship is there, but how do you feel about them in the Eastern Conference with Dame?
0: I WAS WORRIED ABOUT IT AT FIRST BECAUSE THE DEFENSE LOOKED TERRIBLE, BUT THEY'VE kind of quietly gotten back to around middle of the pack defensive rating over these last few weeks. And that's all they're going to need to be with how good they are offensively. Towards the end of these games, you're seeing the value of the Damian Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo pick and roll lately. They've been blowing teams out. I know last night's win against the Magic was a little bit closer than you would have thought, but they're starting to kind of reach the potential that people thought. And I do think that with the way that Boston has looked this year, I think they've been a little bit, uh, you know, are underachieving in a way, even though the record doesn't quite suggest it, I do think the Bucks are now looking like you know possibly the best team in the Eastern Conference.
5: Got about a minute to go, and right now the Bucks. Wyatt loved that answer, by the way. Plus dollar eighty for the Bucks to win the East. The Celtics, obviously, the favorite. Plus dollar fifty. Is there a team off the, the beaten path? I'm looking at the Knicks at twenty five to one to win the East. And we saw the controversy with Jalen Brunson. You know, is he good enough? A little guy. Blah blah blah. Is there a team out there that you think is going to make a move that could really shift this futures market at least in the Eastern Conference?
0: You know, it is it is the Sixers for me. I don't like the plus 450, but I do like the plus, uh, you know, 10 to 1 that you can get on them to win the finals because I do think they are going to make a trade, and I think it's going to be for either an OG Ananobi or a Pascal Siakam. They have assets to acquire a really high-level player, and they're close right now. I mean, they're playing with some of these elite teams on uh, both you know, conferences. So I do think you get a player like that, Adanovi, Siakam, they're going to be right there in the title mix.
5: Plus 450 for the 76ers right now to win the East. Zach, appreciate it, man. Great to catch up as always. We'll catch up down the road.
0: No problem. Thanks, guys.
5: Thank there he is, Zachary Cohen. When we come back, buckle up, America. Tim Doyle is joining us from the great city of Chicago to talk basketball and probably a lot of other things, too. Come on back. It's Sharp Money here on Visa.